so much, Lisa. I want to be a shape here. Skipping town, down to Mexico. Lipstick home in the thunder, but let's roll. Dry right off of the wall. Leave your job and your gaslight. This is Marathon to March. Welcome back, everyone. Jonathan Litzkin alongside David Campbell, as always. Hello. This is Marathon to March on KCOU 88.1 FM. David, the first week's complete. We're finally underway. We've, we've, we played, we've played a week of real basketball, and I'm very happy about that. I don't know about you. It's it's nice to see the game, to see the crowds in the arenas, to watch our favorite teams lose. Wait, that's just me. It was a uh, yeah. Your voice yeah. had a tough one last night. We're missing our best player, John. Okay. Th- that's true. Missing our best player, which is why I almost bet to Paul and then injured player theory prevented me from not. I heard that. Well, Adam Busek told me many of your. He said many of your friends, which I don't think they're your friends necessarily. Just many college basketball people on Twitter were picking to Paul. So. Who are my friends? I don't I have don't many know. friends. I don't know. A friend. Oh, an enemy. Um, I don't know. I have to ask I Adam. Mean, like, Maybe Adam I, was just making that up. Like Sean, Paul, Sean Paul probably so, said, probably said that DePaul was going to win. That's probably where he's getting that from. Sean who? Sean Paul. Ah, Field the 68 guy. Sean Paul. Most knowledgeable Sean. guy there is in, about college basketball. Not even remotely close. I thought like, it was Jeff Goodman. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff actually said, uh, has been saying a very smart thing, which... I agree with. Grambling State, top 25. About, no, not that. That was the worst take I've ever seen. Um, DJ Wagner and Rob Dillingham. Have you watched either of them at all? Not particularly. I think he's right. I don't think they're going to work. Rob Dillingham is nuts. Like, th- this kid is, like, bound to be a bust if you watch him. <laughs> like, his his whole, don't know ga- much about him his whole game is, like, making, like, contested shots and, like, making shots tougher than they have to be. Like... He will like if you watch his highlights, he will like pass up open shots to get, to take tougher ones. It, it's crazy, but we we have some week one takeaways to discuss, David. Some observations, if I may. You want me to start here? Yeah, you go ahead, man. All right. First takeaway, David. Something I know you're going to want to discuss. Amani Bates on Friday goes off he against great. Michigan. He was awesome. I was actually going to bring that up too. Um. It's not often that you get a last chance at 18 years old. And I think maybe some of us just had to remember, myself included, that Amani was a reclass last year playing under a coach who isn't very good. Um, he we'll find out tonight. He's a ball-dominant player that on a team that didn't allow him to be ball-dominant because they had so many other talented players. And now he's at Eastern Michigan. And on Friday night, he goes for 30 points, 5 rebounds on 12 of 19 shooting, 3 of 6 from 3 against the Michigan Wolverines. David, 
Amani's going to play his boy back into the first round, isn't he? What? Oh, is um, he's in the, in the NBA he, draft? He's going to play so well this year that he's going to play his way into the first round, isn't he? Yeah, he could. I mean, he's definitely given the platform to, and he's given the chance to shine at a small school like Eastern Michigan. He'll make the tournament probably. I think Eastern Michigan can win their conference. No, Toledo. No, man. Eastern Michigan can win that conference. Trust the process. Toledo. Trust the Imani Bates Toledo process. Toledo beat UAB on Friday night. That's a good win for Toledo. There's some there's some other good teams in that league, too. But uh, Max, Max a good league. Winner of that league probably gets a 12 or 13 seed. But let's... Um, Let's talk about this for a sec, because yeah. I, I was talking with some people on Friday as this was unfolding um, in Detroit. Amani leaves Memphis, goes to Eastern Michigan. He's just at a place now where he can just, like, he can go ball. He can just be a hooper he's, he's just, with, with, no, hooping, yeah. with no, like, pressure, nope. no national spotlight that nope. he had at 15 years old. You just go play basketball now. Mm-hmm. And that's what Amani does. So... I like that's my takeaway away from. I think we always we all knew he was going to be off. I still have my doubts on just him being able to. Him being like, able to consistently it, perform. It, I, it was a ju- great game. I'm not saying it wasn't. It was a great game, but I'm just worried about like how he does that consistently because that's the big thing with Amani. It also just like isn't just on court stuff. Yeah, like there was some offseason and stuff with, with him, like. He needed a different place mm-hmm. more than maybe any other player in the country. And, like, I don't know why, but, like, these these kids, when they go to Memphis, like, trouble just finds them. And it's unfortunate, but, like, it, it is what happens. Didn't like, happen to Jalen Duren. It, awesome. it did not happen to Jalen Duren, but it did happen to James Wiseman. And, like, it's just, by the way... I don't know if I told you this. The school on you know, the school that James Wiseman transferred out of when Penny moved him to Memphis, like that whole scandal. I was at that high school on Friday night. Really, Ensworth in in Nashville. Uh, so just an interesting note. Nice. That, interesting note there. I is his jerseys weird. in the rafters? It is not. Um, huh. but, but I didn't go in the gym, so that's a uh, still I guess TBD. David, any takeaways from you? From from Amani or just in general? Just in this past week. I think we got to talk about TCU. Yeah, they were my preseason number nine team. They were my top ten as well. Bad loss yesterday. Yeah, but they've that was coming. They were not playing well. But the thing with them is like it isn't just. They're by the way fifty eighth in Ken Palm right now. Fifty eighth. That's awful. And like I know they didn't start the season very high, but fifty eighth is terrible. Arkansas, Pine Bluff, Lamar, and Northwestern State are all below 340 on Ken Palm. They have yeah. not just been playing awful. They've been playing awful against really bad teams. Some of the worst in all of Division One. Yeah. Like, this, this team... This is like, such a team to play to, like, to their opponent. Like, I just smell that. Like, oh, they're going to play their opponent. Their non-con is really easy. Like, if you look at it, they play Cal next Friday, um, a, week for, a week from this Friday. They play Providence late November. They play Utah. That's it. SMU, I guess, too. Mm -hmm. They don't play anybody. And, like, looking at it now, like, that is very much a good thing for them. Yeah. Because, like, I know Miles is hurt. I know Ball's got that six-game suspension now. But this team has a lot more problems than just they're missing, like, Miles and Damian Ball right now. Yeah, they have a lot of issues. And, like, 
We said their depth was going to maybe be their, their downfall. And now it's t- so, tested. so far it is. And yeah, now it's getting tested to, to an extreme that I don't think anyone expected to. And, um, yeah, last night was bad losing to a team that started Jordan Wilmore. Jordan Wilmore started for this Northwestern. Yeah, he Missouri played like scene. 30 minutes and had three points and four <laughs> rebounds. Yeah, he was a defensive anchor. No. He, he had four rebounds in a game where the losing team scored 63 points. Deep down, we really needed him versus Eddie Lampkin. Like, that needed to happen. I agree. Like, that's like two guys. They just needed to play each other. I agree. Who are, who are some other matchups that just, like, need to happen in the country? Let me think about this. Just um, for Ryan like, Kalkbrenner and um, Conkaston. Yes, I agree with that. That needs to happen. Um, yeah, this is just for like comedic relief, honestly. Like yeah. the, the matchups that need to happen. Well, that would be just fun too. Huh? <laughs> that would just be fun. I think we need to see who who would it be fun to watch Amani play against? Amani versus Houston. Yeah, I think that needs to happen. Amani, Amani versus Amani. <laughs> Second takeaway from me: Houston is everything that we thought they would be. Houston's so good. <laughs> Houston has one I, game. I, I was going to bring it up too, but you're, I'm not saying you're taking mine, but like I, I don't have a game. Houston, ha- Houston has ha- played three games so far. The final scores of those games were 83-36, 81-55, and 83-45. They're nuts, <laughs> they held Max Acemas to one of 13 from the field last night. Unbelievable. This team is... I don't just, know. I don't know when they'll lose. I just don't know, man. They're so I don't cool. know either, man. Because Oregon, <laughs> <laughs> maybe like when they go to Virginia, that's yeah. gonna be tough. That's like their last non-con game. Well, the, the, the no, they, they, sorry, they play Al- McNeese State. Alabama's at home this year. Yeah, it's, um, it's a win. St. Mary's gonna be kind of tough. I think they're okay, but like Houston's just better than them. I'm gonna stand by this. I think Memphis gets them once. I think so too. I don't think there's a crazy thing to say. I think actually Memphis loses tonight, but Memphis does get them once. Tonight's going to be a really good game. Tonight's, we'll, a, tonight's a good we'll, slate. We'll get into that yeah. um, sort of second half of the show. But Houston holds Acemas to 1 of 13 from the field. That's one of the best scores in the country, guys. Like This is mm-hmm. not just like some like good mid-major player. Max Acemas is legit. We know that. Yeah. Houston is going to have like these stars in a box every single yeah. night. It's going to happen. With with Oregon too and this, this Richardson Sunday. yeah, Oregon might be done. They're, Oregon's they're, awful. Their run is a program. We can get into them as I, well. I don't want to panic on anyone yet. I think this could one be, week of basketball, but yeah, but like I I don't know. Something's something is in the. There's something. There's the some teams you just kind of know. Dana like, Altman last year, the way they lost to UC Irvine on Friday, Bad. was terrible. They dropped to forty six or forty four. Excuse me, and Ken Palm. They lost 69-56. They were losing by like 25 at yeah. one point. Really, really. Like, I, I, I checked the score at like half, and I texted him like, Oregon? A question mark, exclamation <laughs> point or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, dude, I know this is bad. And like, their non-conference schedule is kind of hard. Houston, obviously. Houston, and then they play in the PK-85. So, not not an easy, not, not looking up right now. No. Um, let's see. What else do I have done? Oh, Big Ten had an excellent week. Big Ten had a great week. They lost one game, and it they was did. Michigan State to Gonzaga. Yeah. In a game that Michigan State led by seven at the half, albeit yeah. the circumstances of that game were just absurd. A couple <sighs> of these, like, toss-up uh, games. Like, obviously, it wasn't really a toss-up, but, like, Wisconsin-Stanford at Miller Park, super unique game there. Wisconsin won. Uh, are there any Big, big Ten teams this week that I think stood out to you? Indiana pl- is playing well. 
I, I won't. Good. Know. That's a good thing. Indi- Indiana play, played well this week. I, I mean, like, can I say, say it? Like, I thought they, like, the fact yeah, they competed no, with they guys, like, good. You can say whatever about, you know, how they, it's a unique circumstance. But still, you're playing on paper what many people believe is the best team in the country. Not even on paper. When people live the best team in the country. Matty Sissoko looks like, looks like he could solve Michigan State's front court problems, at yeah. least a little of them. Uh, Illinois has just looked fantastic the first totally couple days. I mean, blowout wins over Eastern Illinois, UMKC, and Monmouth. And like TJ Shannon had 30 last night. Danger has been just absurd. Matthew Meyer has not been great to start the season. Um, but Apps, Jane Apps had 21 for them last night. Melendez <laughs> has been been solid. The danger zone. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, Michigan gets their first test uh, tomorrow. First real test. I mean, you can say whatever one about Eastern Michigan, whatever. They play Pitt tomorrow on the road. It's definitely not an easy. That's, that's, I'm sorry, it's not on the road. It's in New York. It's in New win. York. Sorry. Yeah, that's a game they should win. Pick up blown out by West Virginia on Friday. It's a game they should win, but you know, power six opponent, obviously. Iowa plays Seton Hall in the Gavit games tomorrow. Sorry, sorry, we're previewing games. Sorry, my, my bad. Previewing games need to go back to the previous weeks. Yeah. Michigan's not in an MTE, but uh, they get Virginia. Um, the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Mm-hmm. They play Kentucky and London, and they play North Carolina in the Jumpman Classic. I think that's in North Carolina. It's not at Chapel Hill, but in like North Carolina somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, Pitt Pitt, their first power uh, high major opponent, I should say. Yeah, we, we like. The other one I have written down is that we had way more by game losses. A I feel million. like than, than usual. So many. Florida lost. Florida lost last night to FAU. FAU is a solid team, I, I will say, but a game that Florida should not lose. Yeah. And you know, I was joking around with <laughs> with some people last night saying, "Bring back Mike White." Yeah. <laughs> you should not do that. Um, I don't like that people were taking victory laps about Florida last night. Who are the people taking victory laps about Florida? Like Aaron Torres posted something about how like. People like we're so in on Todd Golden because like he's so analytically dr- driven. It's like, come on, dude! It's game three for them. Yeah. Like he he also said like having good players matters more than anal- like being analytically driven as a coach. Like Florida is like Florida does have good players. They have yeah. Colin Castleton, who's an all potential who had, all American. Who had thirty last night. Loft- by the way. Kyle Lofton, potential All Conference guard. They have a bunch, a bunch of breakout players that are young, and Will Richard, Kowasi Reeves, Alex Fudge. This team still can be good. Let's let's chill out. They lost one game to a solid FAU team. Like, just, I, I get that there are some cases like Florida State and TCU where yeah, that's Florida you, State. You kind of have to overreact because Florida like, State's own three, John. It, oh my God, that's so bad. But yeah, like I get there are some cases where you have to overreact. I completely understand that, but. There are some cases where we can just, like, chill out. Like, Florida losing a game to FAU. Chill. Like, Duke, Duke lost to Stephen F. Austin three years ago. Yeah. So, like, Kentucky lost to Evansville three years ago. These things happen. They do. College basketball talent gap is not very far apart. No, not. So, just kind of have to take everything with a grain of salt. I want to talk about St. Mary's real quick. Go for it. They had the best first week out of anyone. They had some good wins, man. Out of anyone. Let's run run through what St. Mary's did in week one. Opening night, Oral Roberts, 78-70 win. Controlled the game from tip to finish. Never was, cl- never was close. Vermont, 
That was a couple nights ago. A couple nights Rangers, ago. They yeah. beat them by 26, 79-53. This is pro- definitely a worse Vermont team than it was last year, but they still have some players. Dylan Penn transferred in from Bellarmine. He's there now. And then North Texas didn't have Tyler Perry on Sunday night, but they were held to 33 yeah. points. 63-33 was your final. North Texas shot 23% from the field and 33% from three. The 33% from three is good, but... 23% from the field, and that's a, a contender in, the, in Conference USA, by the way. Yeah, that's a good team. Uh, St. Mary's, I'll, I'll react to this one. They're probably a tournament team again. It, it's just kind of how it is with this program. The rest of non-conference, they get I'm Hoff, not sold yet. They play Hofstra at home, who's one of the favorites in the CAA. Vanderbilt at home. Uh, they play Houston. So That's your real test right there. That's, that's at that's home. That's your test right there. And then they play San Diego State. So definitely some cl- – and, and Wyoming, uh, I should add. All three so, of those games. That's your real test right there. Uh, win, win those, and then we'll talk. Yeah, they play, they play some quality Mountain West teams. Uh, they play New Mexico State. Like they, they do play some quality teams, but – Obviously, a very good start. The the, uh, the name to watch here for St. Mary's right now is Aiden Mahaney, the freshman. 12 points a game right now leading the team is shooting 50% from three. think he can be excellent as a freshman. Uh, they obviously need somebody to replace Tom, Tommy Cusey. Logan Johnson um, averaging 11 in the game. They have four guys right now averaging double figures. That trend probably needs to continue for them to have offensive success because – I'm not sure that they have one like star-studded guy like Tommy Cousy was last year for them. So, St. Mary's, you know, I'm not like anti-St. Mary's by any means. I'm just not sold. Like, We're more you, anti-BYU you, you see, than St. Mary's. Who's who's not? Well, Jeff Goodman. Other than Jeff Goodman, who is anti? Who's not anti-BYU? They're bad. They, they had San Diego stay on the ropes on Friday. Mark Pope needs to get out of there. Mark Pope's a good coach. Yeah, I think you should leave BYU. It's a bad program. You think so? Yeah. I, I don't know why you would leave them moving to the Big 12. Oh, that's a good point. I kind of missed that. Might be. But like, might be. That's a good choice. Is St. Mary, St. Mary, forget conference realignment. Throw out conferences. St. Mary's a better program than BYU. Basketball, right now. yes. BYU's best program, team in program history, 2020, right? When they beat Gonzaga in Provo. Yeah. The team lost to St. Mary's in the semis it did. of the WCC tournament. Arguably not better than St. Mary's that yeah. year. Um, I would probably leave lean BYU that year, but I'm playing devil's advocate here. Of course. BYU had this one year where they were great. One year, by the way, that they would have probably been a five seed in the NCAA tournament. That like is really good for them. Best year probably in program history, at least as far as I can remember. Then the next year... The WCC has arguably its worst year outside of Gonzaga's outside of Gonzaga mm-hmm. in years. Like the the conference simply was not good. Like yeah. the, qual- the quality of teams was not good. St. Mary's was down. Um, St. Mary's was down. Some other teams were de- were down that usually are are better. And BYU grabs a six seed. They then get proceed to get blown out by UCLA yeah. in the first round. That's what we're b- basing this BYU basketball is like. Is decent. A, a good program narrative? No, 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 no. That's not what it is, Sonny. You're partly partly there. The reason that people are making BYU great is because they competed with Gonzaga in, in the, in the w- WCC final that year. And you saw that, and you're like, oh, BYU, that's it. Gonzaga has its competitors. No, they don't. 
Now they don't have any competitors. And now they're kind of they're going to paint that same picture as St. Mary's after St. Mary's beat them last year. Like, oh, oh, here we go. Here we go, guys. Here we go. Gonzaga finally has Gonzaga someone that can beat them. every couple years do for one of those losses. Like every yeah. other every other year they probably lose to same Mary's. basketball. Of course there is. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's far away the best team in that conference because the conference is weak. And St. Mary's will get him once every couple of years. I bet Gonzaga beats him twice this year. Obviously, the, w, the WCC last year had three tournament teams. It's true, it's three good, good t- tournament teams. By the way, yeah. Gonzaga, San Francisco, St. Mary's. Then you had BYU and Santa, Santa Clara, who were both good and were competitive in the league, the league all year long. That was the best year year in WCC history in my lifetime. Gonzaga <laughs> lost one conference game yeah. in a game that St. Mary's shot like fifty percent from three. So, like. I want to pull this up because, like, I, I did talk about this um, a couple weeks ago, I want to say. But, like, Gonzaga um, in Drew Timmy's tenure Gonzaga, there is 26-7 and seven against Ken Palm top 40 teams. Um, out of those 33, out of and out of the 33 games, only four of those games have been teams ranked in the 30-40 to 40 range. Mm-hmm. So, like, most of these teams that they're beating are, like, Top twenty-five level teams, and it's pretty easy for them. Like the one that forget like their com- like forget how like their conference like or like their quality of schedule every year. Like the one thing that like amazes me with Gonzaga is like teams lose bye games all the time. Duke lost a bye game to Stephen F. Austin a couple years ago. Kentucky lost one to it's full. Florida lost to te- a not healthy Texas Southern team last year. Yeah, teams lose these games. Gonzaga, outside of St. Mary's and BYU, forget losing. They never play close games in the WCC. Yeah, they they, they blow out everybody. Yeah, and like, do you know how easy it is for them to like just like get bored playing in that league? And they, they never they do. do. They like, do get bored playing that league. They do. do I, think, I think they do, but they're still just so talented. And Portland or Pepperdine playing a playing a high school gym. So it doesn't really matter. But like, like UNC the other night was losing at halftime to, to Charleston, were. and we're losing like deep into the into the game. They obviously mm. ended up winning by by twelve. But like Gonzaga never plays games like that. Like I never have to like worry. It's like lower. Teams, I never yeah. have to worry about like turning on like a, a like watching college basketball on a Saturday and like being like, oh, Gonzaga is down like one at the half to Portland, like yeah. or they're only up two to Santa Clara. Like I feel like I never have to worry about that with yeah. with them. Which like we're like Duke the other night. They're not healthy. They're playing Jacksonville, and I'm who's one of the favorites in the ace on, and I'm worried. Yeah. I'm I'm like, oh, this could be a tough one. But for did us. Duke win by more than like twenty? Duke won seventy one forty four. Yeah, like it was it was comfortable. And part of that is me being a Duke fan, having like just a reason to worry about everything yeah. for whatever reason. Like it's just with Gonzaga, I feel like I never feel like they're going to lose, and like. Obviously, once we get to the tournament, they're playing competition. That changes. But, like, it's just, it's never like, oh, like, Portland's won three WCC games in a row. Like, they're playing good basketball. Maybe they can at least challenge them. No, No. like, that never happens. That never happens. That was was my Gonzaga rant for the day. There will be more of those this season. From both of us. (laughs) Um, Good and bad. Is there anything else you want to discuss? Uh before we go to break. Oh, one more thing. I want to shout this out. Adama Sonogo shooting threes now. Adama Sonogo is shooting threes now, and if he can consistently do that, I see no reason for UConn to not be a top-ten team by season's end. 
If you, if Adama Sinogo is shooting threes with the versatility that UConn has both on the perimeter and inside, he like he will be unguardable. He will be like Hunter Dickinson 2.0. Um, all right, Dave, you ready to head to break? I'm ready to head to break. All right, when we get back, got a bunch of good games to discuss this week, starting with the Champions Classic tonight. This has been Marathon in March. We'll be right back. This coming Thursday, November 17th, Raw Indy Orange Straight White Teeth is performing at the Kansas City Museum. Show starts at 6 p.m. Be there or say goodbye to Straight Teeth. When I was young, it was a shadow. Hand to my heart, and never had a name. But now I'm a figure in a window. Changing my clothes, man, I'm still looking the same. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Not the kid, the grown-up. You know what I am? I'm your allergy medicine, your vitamins, maybe even your cough syrup. Each year, thousands of kids get sick. Some even die. Because I'm used the wrong way. Kids get confused and think I'm candy. Now you know what I am? I'm your worst nightmare. For free info, log on to SaveKids.org. Protect your kids from accidental poisoning. Are you the type of person who loves their community and wants it to be the best it can be? Now it's easier than ever to do your part. Go to RecycleMo.com to see just how easy it is to recycle the right way. Or if you already recycle and want to be as efficient as possible, RecycleMo.com can tell you what should and should not be recycled in your area. Become part of the clean recycling movement today. It's the right thing to do. Sponsored by the Missouri Department of Natural Resources. Salute Your Sports is back and better than ever. Tune in at our new time, 12 p.m. on Fridays on KCOU 88.1 FM and at our website, kcou.fm. Salute Your Sports is going on our 11th year strong, the longest-running Mizzou-centric KCOU radio show. And you can catch myself, Zach Berman, David Campbell, and Adam Busek as we talk all things Missouri Tigers. Once again, 12 p.m. Central on KCOU 88.1 FM. Hello, this is Pierce Porterfield, and you're listening to KCOU 88.1 FM. The sound of confusion. And I'm back. Enjoy your listen. Hey, this is Tommy Wizzle, and you listen Columbia KCOU 88.1 FM. Hopefully you have a groovy time. Welcome back, Marathon of March, KCOU 88.1 FM. Woo. David, we got some... Uh, Really good games to preview for this week and tonight. Uh, one of the best events probably of the year in college basketball every year. The Pac-12 came. Swag Challenge. Yes. Which, did Washington State close that out? I don't know. But Colorado lost to Grambling. The and then Colorado they were tied beat 2-2. Tennessee. They were tied 2-2. There's Arizona more than State five teams in the SWAC. Yeah, but it was only a five-game challenge. That's stupid. Arizona State lost. <laughs> so, oh it was 2-2. Uh, I want to say that Washington State closed it out with a Pac-12 win. No, it's tonight. Washington State is is an 11-point favorite on the road at Prairie View A&M. That's not an easy game, man. If they lose tonight, the SWAC wins the Pac-12 SWAC Legacy Series. I'm actually so cheering for you. We were asking in the preseason as like a joke. We're like, 
what are the odds that the SWAC keeps one of these games within 10 points? Yeah. And like they've won two. They've won two of them out. They beat, they beat Colorado. Or they Colorado beat Tennessee. Yeah, like a couple that days was later. Crazy. By we didn't way. even talk about that, but my, my Rick Barnes narrative. Yeah, the Rick Barnes narrative is good. But Tad um, Boyle good narrative is bad. Did you see real quick before we transition? Did you see the what Rick Barnes said about Zakai Ziegler on Sunday? No. He's like Zakai. He, he said something along the lines of like Zakai and I have talked like. He's just not ready to start for us right now. Like he, he's not playing. He's like been terrible. Who like starts. I'm, I'm trying to pull this up. Well, they'll probably start Tyree Key, who's been good for them. But I'm, I'm trying to pull this up. Um, oh, here we go. Rick Barnes said Vols guard Zakai Ziegler was totally out of control today, and and that he already told him he'll no longer be starting because it's not working. I, I feel like there are better ways to tell intense. a kid who who probably should be a freshman right now to say that. Like people forget, like. I'm very high on Zakai Ziegler. I think he's a good player. Like, he is supposed to be a freshman right now. He reclassed. And I think people forget that sometimes. I, he should be playing better than he is. But what, what I hope, what I hope, David, is that Rick Barnes does not turn this kid into Andre Cupello. Because that's what that's what I'm afraid of right now. After yeah. what just uh, unfolded on Sunday. All right, Champions Classic. Sheboy is making his debut tonight. Kentucky, Michigan State. Michigan State obviously coming off the loss on the on the USS Abraham Lincoln on Friday night to Gonzaga. Uh, I'm not sure if Damian Collins is playing in this game or not for Kentucky. Hasn't been announced yet. But Severe Wheeler and Oscar Sheboy both are. How much Sheboy plays, how much his role will be. Up in the air. Is kind of up in the air. But Sheboy is a major matchup disadvantage for Michigan State yeah. if he's on the floor because he's got a couple inches on Sissoko, and Michigan State doesn't have very much depth at the center spot. I think if Shibwe is a full go tonight, which I don't know why you would play him if he's not ready to full go, mm-hmm. Kentucky blows Michigan State out. Tickets for this game, John. I know you. I know it's 43. I saw you texting Harry last I night about it. I wanted to go so bad. It's still on ESPN. The tickets are as low 8, as $8,000. Yeah, I, I was on TickPick. They were 43 bucks last yeah. night. So, like, I, I wanted to go. Probably better that I don't. Just was out of town over the weekend. So, uh, that would be a lot of dinero on gas f- for me. I don't know if he weighs good GTG or not GTG. Nevertheless, I'm going to ignore the injury completely. If he's good or if he's bad, I'm going to pick Michigan State to win this game, John. I think... I was really impressed with what happened on the aircraft carrier. I love their backcourt. I love their length. It matched up well with Kentucky. And I think Severe Wheeler is going to be put in a cage tonight. And I'm super excited to watch this Michigan backcourt cook. She was going to get his playing or not playing. But I just think there's enough guys on this Michigan State team to play overall team defense. And it's way too reliant on just one player to have a big game for Kentucky to win this game. So, yeah, I did, uh, I did the preview for... This game, uh, Michigan State-Kentucky for busting brackets. My final score prediction was 74-66 Kentucky. Uh, I think that the way Michigan State can win this game is just like getting out in transition with their Mm -hmm. guards, like you kind of said with Walker and Hogard. Because like Kentucky fans will tell you what they want about Severe Wheeler. He's terrible defensively. He's too small to be a good good defender at at the... High major level, which is fine because he does a lot of other thing, things well. Oh, he's not a great shooter, but he's a tremendous passer, one of the be- best in the country, mm-hmm. and he's tr- really good at getting in the lane and making the right play. But 
Tim and Antonio Reeves both don't defend very well, and if Michigan State can play the way they want and kind of get out good outlet passes off a miss from Kentucky, they're going to score a lot in transition, and that's how Michigan State's going to stay, stay in this game. I don't think Kentucky is as good schematically as Kansas was last year, where like Kansas didn't have like quite the talent that Kentucky does this, this year, but... Kansas just destroyed them in the half court because Michigan State wasn't as well prepared as them. Mm-hmm. Um, if Kentucky wins this game, I think it's because they're way more athletic and way deeper. Yeah. So, uh, discussion point I want to have because this comes up every year, at least the last couple, last two years, I feel like. Uh, does Michigan State belong in the Champions Classic anymore? No, I think they still do. I think the Champions Classic, now it's a little changed because I. <laughs> At least for every single year before Coach K retired, it was like also like four legendary coaches too, more than yeah. more, more than just the teams themselves. No, that's fair. And now Shire, which obviously good, look, Shire's awesome, man. But I mean, like Izzo and Cal Party and Bill Suffer, they're like. And the thing is, I don't think you're going to change it now. It's just these four teams. If you want to call it something else? That's fine. But like, yeah, this one's going to because like when we had this at the start, this was, it was like. Pretty much guaranteed that Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, and Michigan State were all going to be top at least eight teams entering the year. We had a couple years where we had one versus two to start to start the season. Like Duke played Michigan State one year, it was one versus two. Kentucky played Michigan State a couple years where it was one versus two. And like now it's just like we enter. This is go, it goes back to the new wave of college basketball where like these teams are still among the elite programs with maybe the exception of Michigan State. But, like, Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, still among the top five, top eight every single single year. If you were to replace Michigan State, David, it would have to go be UCLA, right? You'd, you'd think so. Villanova, if Jay Wright was still coaching there, I would say, but, like, he's not. So, I just... I, I don't know who else it would be. Like... I don't know. But like North here's, Carolina, but you're not here's the there, thing. Obviously. If you want to keep this event together, you have to keep Michigan St- State in it, I think. Yeah, I agree. Because like the Big Ten is becoming one of the like premier conferences yeah. in like in but like I know like people have their arguments about football and basketball with conferences and, and whatnot, but like the Big Ten will be the second best conference for like years to come. Yeah. At, at least like money wise, yeah. And so I, and also when you get USC and UCLA, I mean basketball, it might be the best. Conference. It's gonna UCLA, USC and UCLA will come come into the Big Ten and make these Big Ten programs like adjust. Yeah, like they they will challenge them to be better, mm-hmm. with the exception of Michigan, of course, who's doing it, which is doing a tremendous job, and yeah. maybe Illinois as well. Uh Duke, Kansas, good game, good game. Some interesting narratives in this game, or not maybe not narratives, but storylines. Bill Self, this is his third game of the suspension. Third of four. Uh, so no Bill Self. He will he will come off the suspension and head straight to the Bahamas, where Kansas will play at Atlantis. That's a a nice way to come off your suspension, yeah. huh? Uh, John Shire coaching his first kind of big national TV game, uh, Indian Indianapolis tonight, and Duke without Derek Whitehead. Yet Duke is a one and a half point favorite. I I, I struggle to see here where Kansas. Where the adjustments from Kansas come from that we usually see with Bill Self, like what happens if Duke gets out on a run and either like just comes out hot to start the game or at the end of the first half goes on this run to take control? Which, which like, that's going to happen, by the way. What are the adjustments 
that'll come from from Kansas without Bill self coaching. I know Duke's missing Derek Whitehead, and one of the things I hate is that I think the national media is kind of treating Derek Whitehead like a role player right yeah. right now. Like he is Duke's best player when he comes back, but Duke has been so good defensively this, these first couple games, and I know like the opponents are the opponents, but if this Duke team can show that defensively tonight against a much more disciplined, much better Kansas team. I think that we have a lot to talk about, at least on a national scale with with them. So obviously you have your narratives with Duke in general. This is their really, obviously a lot of youth with the kids right now at Duke. First big game against Kansas, team that doesn't have much youth. I mean, they have some. Obviously Grady Dick is definitely one of their big (laughs) new faces who's been very good for Kansas as well, but they still have like DeWan Harris, you know, Jalen Wilson's back. So they have some more returning players than Duke does. And... You know, it's funny. Jeff Goodwin was like, someone asked, like, why do you have Duke so low? And he goes, youth and inexperience. I'm like, that's the exact that's same the thing. That's the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's the exact same thing. Um, and that's not a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. We, we make it out to be for some reason. Um, I think Duke is going to absolutely kill Kansas tonight. I think they're coming out hot. So. They're going to come out hot. And Kansas is not going to be able to score. Duke's going to probably lead this game by around 10 to 15 at halftime. And I don't think they'll ever give that up. I think they win probably around. 74 to 60, and people are going to realize very quickly that Duke's a top 10 team in the country, because there's people out there who don't think that. There are. Uh, I think Duke has a lot to throw at Jalen Wilson, yeah. um, just in terms of like size and, and length. Like I think Mark Mitchell will be able to guard him, and I think you can rotate Phil Paskey in there. I like, well, Zach Clements is out tonight for Kansas. He's not Big. playing. KJ Adams has been the starter for them. KJ Adams is 6'7". He's severely undersized. Yeah. And going up against Lively and Ryan Young could be a major problem. Could be a them. problem. Could be a, just a major problem. I think... And I just think guys like Proctor, I mean, he's just going to score. I think Roach is going to get his as well. I mean, obviously, he's had a bit of a shaky yeah. start too, right? Her- Dewan Harris defensively versus Jeremy Roach offensively could, could be an interesting one. Roach has been very good the first couple games. Uh, oh, he's Pro- been good. Proctor's had some tough shoot- shooting nights to start no, the I season. I good, though. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, really not sure what Duke's going to do defensively against against Grady Dick. Like, he, he is a good player. Like, mm-hmm. I think the first two games he showed that, like, he can be more than just a catch-and-shoot yeah. pl- player, which is one of the things I said. He's, could, like, borderline an elite slasher already, which is yeah, so scary. It, it, like, he's a good player. <laughs> I just I'm, – is he? I'm not sure he's the best player from Sunrise Christian playing this game. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I. That's, I forgot about that. That's a good storyline too. You. I don't know what can where Kansas is going to go offensively to get their points because like they had so many creators last year with Abaji, Brown, and Remy, and then you could throw it into into McCormick in the post for for a bucket like if you needed to. Um, you can't do that this year. No, like KJ Adams won't do that. Mm-hmm. KJ Adams has taken like four shots in the, his first two games, yeah. and like. Clemens is out, so that, that's really going to test Kansas depth. MJ Rice will come off the bench, I think, for the these guys. Um, the one guy we haven't really mentioned is McCuller, who, like, he could be good for 10 to 11 tonight, I, I think, Like, which is what Kevin he, McCuller he's a, is. He's a good player. Yeah, I like Kevin McCuller a lot. I think he's probably a top, Kansas's best, or at least most complete player. But I like that I'll take. take Duke tonight by, I'll go nine. Duke by double digits. All right. Um, any games in the Gavin game? 
Oh, oh yes, let's talk Slew first because this is oh, this is one this of the awesome, more man. under radar the under the radar games. Thought of the about week. going, can't go, have work, but man, if I could find a way there, man, I would totally do it with Salzman. Yeah, um, one of my St. One, Louis has St. looked Louis, good. One, one of my five teams, Liddy. <laughs> St. Louis has looked good. They have. Blot went over Murray State. Blot went over Evansville. Yuri mm-hmm. has had 14 and 13 in assists in their first two games. Uh, Gibson Chemerson, 19 points yeah. a game in his first two games. Perkins, Javante Perkins looks just like old Javante yeah. Perkins. Javon Pickett is playing really well He's for them, great. too. He's playing great defensively. But you know who else is playing well? Memphis. Yeah, Memphis playing well, too. Memphis, this is, I think this is could be the game of the night. Yeah, I think I think it's the game of the night. Um, What has been good about Memphis so far? They've only played one game, so they've gotten a ton of time to prep for this game, which... With Penny, really, just don't know yeah, what he's doing. Don't know like, what he's doing there. He could, could be prepping. Could he be you could know. be playing Candy Crush for yeah, three of those days. Yep. Um, so you really don't know uh, with, with him. But in their first game against Vanderbilt, it was a comfortable win. Seventeen for DeAndre Williams, sixteen for Kendrick Davis. Kendrick Davis against Eric Collins will be one of the best matchups of yeah. anyone in the country this season. Two top. What top maybe? You could argue five, that these two. You guards? could argue that these are two of the best point guards. Two, yeah. the two best point guards in the country. You can make that argument. I wouldn't argue that, but I think some people could. You can make that argument with with Yuri's just offensive flow, like and how like his suave is what I usually say. His suave. It sounds I like stupid, that. but like that's what it is. But like, he's just he's, he's so, so nice with the ball, and yeah, like and he, just, he sees things that other people don't. Um, and Kendrick Davis, like he you is know how, like um. Sorry to interrupt, John, but you know how like there's a badge. It's, it's Hall, like Dimer, Hall of Fame Dimer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, like, and, like when you pass the ball to someone, it gives them like, a better. And they shoot, or, catch and shoot. Mm-hmm. It gives them a better chance to. That's put, what to Yuri. Make it. Is. That's what Yuri has. When Yuri passes the ball, there's like a ten times greater chance that he's making this sh- and like someone's making this shot versus like if Gibson were to make an extra yeah, pass. Yeah, I, I think this is really interesting actually too. This game because I don't feel like either team is super deep, so it's just like. Your best six yep. against our best six, yep. and like, like, let's go play and let's see who is better. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that's kind of the interesting part about this game. Um, yeah, let's go to Gavin game. San Diego State's going to beat Stanford tonight. By the way, they better. Yes, they, they will. looked bad against BYU on Friday and still won. So, let's hope that they look better tonight because Stanford is not a pushover. Uh, anything in the Gavin games that you want to discuss? Uh, Marquette Purdue is a decent game, mm-hmm. just because you know. I think Marquette, Mar- Marquette is very uh, has been very dependent on turnovers in the first couple of games. Purdue's a team that typically takes care of the ball, will run their half court stuff, like just be very disciplined. I-, I think Purdue could win comfortably tonight against them. Uh, sure. Let's see what else. The, the marquee game, I think. In the well, actually, let's talk Iowa State and Seton Hall real quick. That's not that's tonight, good, is it? That's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Okay. It's a good. That's a good game, though. It is a good game. I, I'm obviously way higher on Iowa than most. Uh, but Seton Hall has looked good in the first couple games. Like I like how they just like Shaheen comes in there and they're just tough. Like they're they're way tougher right away. Yep. And like that clearly she, she that's that. that's what I said they needed to be last year and they weren't. That's why I felt TCU was a terrible matchup for them in the f- first round. I, I think Seton Hall absolutely can win this game. I, I think it's just a complete chess match of like. Let's 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 go see like if I was talent development is to the point where it's just like better than Seton Hall's new culture. Mm-hmm. Um, when does does Villanova play Indiana Xavier at the fr- Friday? Night. Let's go, let's move to Friday night. I don't okay. th- is there anything Thursday? Yeah, there's a Wednesday game you missed. That's not in the biggest. Was Wednesday game you missed? 
That's not in the Big East. Oh, I was specifically looking at the Gavit oh, games. Oh, okay, that's fine. We can, go, we can keep going Gavit what, games. What man. is, um, no, what's what's Wednesday? We can Gonzaga, just go. Texas. Oh, my God. Dude, I literally <laughs> just finished my preview for this game like yeah. two hours ago, and I completely forgot about it. Um, Texas has more of an identity this year do. offensively, which I think was a huge problem for la- them last year, and they're just as good defensively. How is this game on ESPN2? What's being shown on ESPN at 830 that needs to be over this game? I'm trying to think. There's some. There's some. There has to be something. Maction. <laughs> um, it probably is Maction. Maybe I like be crazy. Um, I, I think Gonzaga is way better than they showed on Friday. I, I think they're going to shoot way better than four of twenty-two from three, with non-seventeen miles per hour winds <laughs> affecting the game. But I like. Texas knows who their guys offensively are this year, and that was such a problem for them in l- yeah. last year. And now that they know, like Tyrese Hunter's a go-to guy, Dylan Mitchell's a go-to guy, Timmy Allen's a go-to guy. Like those are your three yeah. offensive players. I think like, Marcus Carr is that guy. Can Marcus just like be like an off-ball like slasher sh- spot-up shooter? Like probably not. Probably not because it's Marcus. But yeah. like Mark- you know, Marcus, you know, you know, Marcus I st- B Carr. You know, I still love Marcus. Love so. But I think Gonzaga. He should stayed. I think Gonzaga will shoot way better than they did. Yeah. On Friday, I think Gonzaga wins a narrow game. I think Gonzaga wins by ten. I th- they're just the better team, and they Gonzaga win winning both. Gonzaga winning both games in the home and home by double digits would be a little bit of a culture shock for Texas. <laughs> I think. Uh, so Friday. Uh, two big games, or actually two big games in the Gavit games, and then that's where kind of. All the empty fun begins, I would say. It's Friday. So let's talk about the Gavit games real quick because they conclude, I think, on Friday. Indiana at Xavier. It's a sneaky game right there, man. Xavier's going to win. Do you think that? Yeah. That's No, that's dangerous narrative ball from you, Liddy. Yeah, I know. But it's too early in the season to go away from narratives. No, you're not wrong. I give Indiana credit. They played well their first two games. They're going to lose to Xavier on, on Friday. I think Indiana wins. Might be could be could end up being the game of the night on Friday. Uh, Next, uh, Villanova plays Michigan State, I believe, on Friday. Michigan State is just going through a gauntlet yeah, to start State the to start the through, season. Like going through everyone, man. They are just absolutely. Friday just, is a really good night of college basketball. It is. It is Villanova. So Villanova, Michigan State, both two programs that kind of. Looking to bounce back, Villanova lost the Temple on fr- Friday, so yeah, they're not healthy though. So I'm not too concerned about no. them. Missing Whitmore, you're missing uh, Justin Moore, obviously. A couple other players not not in there as well. Uh, I'm not worried, and that's a game that obviously means a lot for Temple's program. You mm-hmm. know, like being a f- Philadelphia school, they haven't beaten yeah. Villanova. They also since- lost on a foul, like 0.4 seconds yeah. left, right? Their uh, Temple hasn't beaten them since 2012, so. Big game big, for their big program. Game for big game for a program that you know is like looking to get back to where Temple was. Temple so. plays Vanderbilt, I think tonight or tomorrow night. Yes, you're right about that. I think it's tonight. Yeah. Uh Continental Tire main event. Like, I- I'm gonna say it, uh, like objectively, because like, and like this is partially because it's only four teams, so you don't kind of have weak links. This is the best MTU we have this year. Baylor, yeah. Virginia, Illinois, UCLA. I like, would agree. That, that is the best quality of basketball we but have in any yeah, O-runner for Virginia is 48 and a half. 
<laughs> yeah, that that could be a Didn't, tough one. What was, was it Virginia last year that Baylor held like thirty three points? That was Villanova. Sorry, they held Villanova like thirty points. Yeah, I think Illinois looks way better this year at the start of the year than they, they did last they year. Can, they could be UCLA, man. I think I'm going to pick them to beat UCLA. And then I'm going to Matthew Meyer. I'm going to go Illinois over UCLA, Baylor over Virginia, and then I'll take Baylor over Illinois. I'll do the exact same thing for you um, in that. Uh, the the I, Matthew Meyer Bowl. I, I think we'll have a lot of quality basketball in, in this tournament. The way I could see UCLA winning that game is just like they frustrate Illinois with their slow pace and they hit the they hit the tough shots that they normally do. UCLA has looked like UCLA the first couple nights, mm-hmm. so like. That that could be just like the game of Feast Week if you consider Feast Week starting Friday. Uh, we got another MTE uh, this weekend, real quick to discuss: Maryland, St. Louis, Miami, Providence in the Basketball Hall of Fame tip-off. David, that is on Friday. That is starts Saturday and it's Saturday Sunday. Ooh, I don't like that. Some oh, ESPN yeah. news games. Oh, uh, I will be watching this, even though football I is will- on. You'll be at the Minnesota game. Probably uh, Huntington Bank Stadium. To watch Minnesota attempt to stay in it in the the Big Ten West race against the fighting Iowa Hawkeyes, uh, who are ranked 130th in defensive (laughs) efficiency still. Um, And have a trip to Indy on the line this weekend. It's produced to lose, unfortunately. uh, I'm going to take St. Louis to win this. I think this is, like, even if they lose to Memphis tonight, I think, like, they have a chance to redeem themselves this weekend. Um, if if St. Louis goes three zero this week, top fifteen team in the country. Yeah, top t- well, they're borderline. Already, they're already top fifteen for me. Borderline, like top ten team in the country. Yeah. Uh, if they went went through this week, Miami and Providence have struggled to start the season. Maryland has looked good, but like regardless of how teams looked in the first week, I was always picking St. Louis to win this tournament. I'll go St. Louis over Providence. In I'll, go, I'll, I'll switch it up for you. I'll go St. Louis over Miami. It'd be a good matchup, you know, guards versus guards, mm-hmm. obviously with with Yuri and I, I think Maryland could be. I think it's interesting to see how Maryland Maryland's looks in sneaky. this. Sneaky, because like sneaky. Willard's come in and do, done some great things there. He's obviously developed the talent that they had that they had um, tremendously. Not sure to what quite extent yet, but you know, like he's recruiting well. They have a borderline top ten class in twenty twenty three, all with DMV kids. So like he's doing exactly what. Maryland envisioned when he when they hired him. Yeah, which you know, yeah. like I had some doubts. He won one game in ten years in the NCAA tournament at Seton Hall, but you know, Maryland needed a guy that could recruit the DMV, and he does it well. So honestly, John, other than like that, those couple of games were there. Saturday's a, a really bad slate. For yeah, you know, and basketball. I don't mind it because you know college football is still mm-hmm. on for the next couple of weeks on Saturdays. So yeah, but then Sunday, of course, you get. A night shift, an ESPN doubleheader yeah. on the West Coast. This is going to be phenomenal. Kentucky Gonzaga, and then of course you get Houston Oregon, and then of course you get Mount St. Mary's versus Cal Poly. I will take Gonzaga to beat Kentucky. Uh, should be just an incredible game. You know that that's the uh, that's the Spokane Arena game. Yeah, that the, the whole uh, I think like who plays at Spokane Arena? I think it's just an event center, kind of like the Sprint Center is in Kansas City. Okay, uh, but. You know, like, I think Gonzaga will probably be w- more prepared for, for this. Neither, uh, like, Gonzaga obviously has a loaded non-con as they do every year, and even more loaded than they did last year. But I'll take Gonzaga's fast pace and uh, some quality defense in the post with some Efton Reed rotating in there against Oscar Shibway to beat Kentucky. And then I'll take Houston in blowout fashion over Oregon on Sunday night. 
Uh, David, you got predictions for this game before we do the John Rothstein word game? For Kentucky and Gonzaga? And just Houston, Houston Oregon? Houston's going to win Oregon. I'm confident in that. I, I'm i not going to pick them to play a game this year. And I'll go Gonzaga close. Even if Kentucky loses tonight, which they will, I think Gonzaga close for that one. So, yeah, go. I mean, anything else on Monday of next week we're going to miss? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do a show later this week to talk about the actual Feast Week tournaments themselves. Ooh, okay. Because, you know, we have Maui, Atlantis, the, both the Phil Knight tournaments. The we ESPN. also missed the uh, the Battle of Florida. It happens this week as well. Florida, Florida State. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Is that game still being streamed on national TV? I think so. Oh, uh, well, they should probably also, move it. it wouldn't be streamed on national <laughs> or TV. Just shown on national TV, yeah. I guess. Uh, you have three words, David. I do. Okay. Do you want me to start this week, or do you want you to You can go ahead and start. Okay, David. Are you ready? Tell me when you're ready. You're pulling up Twitter. I'm pulling it up. Pulling up John Rothstein. This is account. the John Rothstein word game. A tradition mm-hmm. like any other. I'm ready. Your first word is problems. <laughs> Here we go. David, do you it's, have the it's tweet? A, it's two. I have two. Two. I'll give you a couple okay. here. It's... um. As a quote, he just put out a quote. 80% of the world doesn't care about your problems, and the other 20% is happy that you have them. Tommy Lasorda. He just, quote, he just tweeted oh, that out. Oh, interesting. The other one is Gary Clark is still a problem. He created that back in August 18th of 2020. Gary Clark? That's Cincinnati, right? I think so. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think. I, like, There's no other Gary Clark that comes to my mind. That's interesting. Glad we got an old player. I like when we have yeah, old player mentions old players in here. Yeah, the best. Yeah, it's nostalgic. I don't know if this will be on here. Chicken. This will definitely be on here. It has to be. <laughs> it's just a streamline of the "Eat Like a Champion" tweets. <laughs> oh wait, is it his chicken on there? Eat like a champion from May twenty third, twenty twenty one. Eat like a champion today. Blue ribbon fried chicken, East Village fried chicken, sweet potato fries, biscuits. <laughs> John Rothstein's second passion is food, so that's fun. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if he still does it, but he used to have a show called Stuff that he would do on YouTube um, oh, towards the, the end of the season that would involve, like, a food, a meal every week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I watched it back my back my senior year nice. in high school. All right, your second word is heartless. That's nice. No Try, tweets from heartless. Oh, what about heart? Here we go, heart. Oh, wait, I spelled it wrong. How do you spell heart wrong? I might have okay, fine. Thumbs. You can mistype. Here we go. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> this, is, this is a couple. One, it's Lasalle is a buy game to Sacred Heart. <laughs> the end of mentality. There's also this one too. My heart breaks for Dwayne Washington Jr. The NCAA tournament is incredible, but it can also be cruel. The dark side of March. That was, I'm assuming, when Oral Roberts yep. beat them, right? That was when. Oh one. my god. Humongous is my next word. I gotta figure out how to spell yeah, that. Yeah, can be honest, I I don't think I know how to spell. Hold that. on, I'm gonna look it up real quick. This should not take long. Humongous. He definitely has tweeted this before. I'm fairly confident saying that. Um. Okay. <laughs> he has not tweeted it, but the first no. the first tweet that popped up was him saying St. Francis New sorry St. Francis New York grad transfer Chauncey Hawkins has committed to Bryant. Averaged 16 points per game and five assists per game last season. Will will play during the 2022-2023 season. The first thing that popped up was a comment on this tweet from Bucky saying absolutely humongous. <laughs> I think that counts. I like that. We gotta keep that in. Absolutely humongous. All right. Uh, my final word for you today is hold on. I accidentally closed out my notes. Uh, mouse. Mouse, mouse. 
There's, there's two. Okay. Well, they're basically, they're basically the same. Goes. How will Long Beach State replace Mike Caffey at point guard? Sophomore <laughs> Justin Bibbins. Water bug like ability at 5'8. Mighty mouse type. <laughs> That's from 2015. This is incredible. Every week we get surprised. You cannot possibly be prepared yeah. for the John no. Rothstein word game. The last one is Mountain. Mountain. Uh, it's definitely something about the Mountain West. It has to be. <laughs> this is from March 6, 2022. Just got word that my neighbor has been complaining about constant yelling from my apartment since the start of conference tournaments. Some people just don't get the impact of the Mountain West getting four teams into the NCAA tournaments. Classic. Classic Rothstein there. And then, hey, I'll, I'll, let me see if there's a, some other ones. Ah, here we go. Death Taxes, San Diego State, and the Mountain West Tournament title game. Yep. The Mountain West has hired WCC Commissioner Gloria Navarez as this new commissioner. Per wow. Release. Congrats to Gloria. Yeah, I wonder if she's still there. That was four days ago. <laughs> so. I bet she is. All right, Lids. Good show today, Dave. I thought Good show. Good. We'll have a special episode for Feast Week coming out later this week. Uh, we'll figure out when to, when to do that. Yeah. The planning on air continues. The planning on air continues. Uh, a tradition unlike any other. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in today. This has been Marathon to March on KCO 88.1 FM. We'll see you next time.